looking at the number one California, here we come Right back where we started from Hustlers, grab your guns, your shadow is a ton Driving down the 101 California, here we come Right back where we started from California Welcome to the OCD Bitch, the show where you take an in-depth Episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera of the early aughts. The OC, I'm your host for the evening, Mike Gravano. With me, as always, you know him, you love him. Give it up for Ryan. Not one week ago, you did so bad at the intro. <laughs> and I gotta say, like I, I, I spent every minute I could with you throughout the week. Mm-hmm. I was there when you were showering. I was there when you were uh, doing your... Uh, what do you call that squatty shower that you sit on? Bath? No, the, the next to the shower. Oh, bidet? Yeah, I, I was there when you were bideting, and you practiced that intro so many times, and you fucking nailed it, bro. Yeah, I'd be like, throw something at my head, I'll still do it. Like, you would, you would wake me up in the middle of the night and be like, welcome to the what? And I would have to go. Listening to you with that intro, it makes me think that, like, fuck the Olympics for deciding what are going to be Olympic sports mm-hmm. that get gold medals. How about the Olympics is everywhere always, watching people on their bidets, saying no matter what you do, if you do it good, you get a gold medal. And you get a gold medal in bidet watching. Thank you very much. You had the binoculars. You started taking notes of the different kinds of warbles you heard from me. I'm not a special man. I just, like, I just, uh, I, you know, it's just, for me, it's just like uh, one bidet at a time. I love it. Too much buildup? You, sh- you shocked me. Into, I didn't, is it, maybe you should write a sitcom about that. And it's just mostly you trying to sell bidets. I'm just trying to take life day bidet. There we go. Always reference wet hot. Okay. So uh, I think I fucked up your post intro. So I'm going to work on that day bidet thing Thank all you. week. And then next week, killer intro, gold medal. Killer day bidet, gold medal. Gold medal. Have you ever used a day bidet? I have not. Not for my butt. Just for washing your food? Yep. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? Not oh, my food's butt? dirty. Let me go put it in this thing. Uh, where's the running water at? There, It's great. I do agree with foreigners who say Americans have dirty butts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not just attitude-wise, but also literal butt-wise. Dir- their butts are dirty. Have you, have you heard this? Have you seen this in the internet news? I'm uh, not your fucking <laughs> band leader. Stop treating me like... I only look to you to, from the side. Dude, your perfect episode of the OCD would be you talking almost the entire time, mm-hmm. and I'm in the corner with like a keyboard and symbols in between my knees. <laughs> the only thing you play is the fucking cat, the boo, 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 boo from the internet. But speaking of the internet, thank you. Uh, there's these dudes on Reddit who won't wipe their butts because real. I heard men- that. That's funny. That okay? Am you gotta I doing work it? On this I think you're fucking this up too. I don't think Max ever interrupted Jay Leno because I don't know. If I they heard were on that. The same that's funny. No, you okay, were funny. you nailed it. You're nailing it, Ryan. Last week we talked about. No, come on. Where's the dudes with the bidets? Father knows best. Episode two one three of the OC. Two one three. Last week we covered Rebecca, Sandy, and Kirsten, and all the shenanigans they got up to. We covered the fact that uh, this episode is not the mall episode. No. We did talk about that, and it's not. The rainy day. It's not the rainy day women. Uh, but it is the Cohen boys fuck up at it again because both Sandy fucks up his shit and then Seth fucks up his shit in their own separate ways. If you want to hear what any of that means, just listen to last week. Who jumps in? Oh, a part two of episode two one three. I should give this podcast a whirl. And last week we covered in depth 
the fact that Sandy and Seth both realized that they fucked up in similar ways thematically yes. in an episode of their lives and then kiss. And we're not going to talk about that tonight. We covered it all last week. Covered it last week. So tonight we are digging into Caleb, Lindsay, Julian, Ryan. Everybody is either trying to get Lindsay adopted or stop Lindsay from being adopted by Caleb. And they're all out of get Lindsay adopted by they're Caleb. They're all out of get Lindsay adopted. And then uh, do a little tag, show a little love, the bare minimum that the show shows to Marissa and Alex and their ongoing saga. And their episode called Still Here, Guys. Hey, wasn't I the star of the show once? <laughs> all that and more on tonight's The O.C. D. Ryan, Lindsay runs up very excited to her Ryan. We not we got to stop saying his name like your name. They're pronounced differently. You're from different parts of the California. Pronunciation is different. Well, no, I think listeners you, are getting confused. You do say it different when you talk about the character from the OC played by Benjamin McKenzie. Mm-hmm. You say Ryan, Ryan in a normal way, and then when yes. you're talking to me, you sound like some fucking screaming person who is lit on fire. Ryan. Yes, that's that the is way it. we. Yes, that's the way we say that name in Philly. Mm-hmm. It's not an accent. That's how you say that goddamn name. Uh, then that's an accent. That's the definition of accent. If everyone says it like that in Philly, even though it's not like. Uh, have I told you about my cousin on this show? Is his name Ryan? No, it would never be. Wait, your cousin be. is on the Ryan? OC? Yes. No, I meant on this show I haven't talked about, because now we're just talking about dumb Philly accents. Uh, I have a cousin whose name is spelled Sarah. Okay. They all say Sarah and yell at me for saying, hey, Sarah. They're like, who? Who are uh, you talking about? Uh, Sarah? So their idiot way of talking has taken over the like actual way the name is supposed to be pronounced? Yeah. Wow. But it's not spelled differently. See, that's bullshit on a couple levels. One, we all know it's Sarah, Philly. Settle mm-hmm. the fuck down. Two, when I say water around your family, when I just say, like, hey, can I have a glass of water? Like a normal person. They're not like, what? I don't understand because you didn't say water. Well, because you always, they're outside the Philly boundaries. They're no longer, they don't come with their batteries. The airport keeps them away. <laughs> they keep that behavior in the city limits. So Lindsay is very happy, runs up to Ryan. The worst thing that you can do when you're happy. Run up to Ryan. Run up to oh, Ryan. He's not the guy who's there for you when you're happy. He's there when somebody needs to get got. Uh, and he's just hoping, like, oh, she's stoked. Please, she's stoked because Tiny Toon's back on. Tiny Toon's back on. Please don't let this be about Caleb. What is it about? It's goddamn Caleb. It's uh, Caleb wants to adopt her, and he goes, oh. And then Lindsay, this is, they did similar with Anna. They, is this person going to be a core person? Now we don't know what to do with them. We're going to just make them dumber than when we first met them. Because she says, it's so sweet how he just wants to provide for me. Ignoring the Lindsay from two episodes ago who's like, oh yeah, this dude a monster. This dude monster. You could have a nuanced conversation how you could love somebody because you have this hole in your life and are still aware that they're a monster. Right. But she's like, nope, anybody who tells me anything is a fucking dickhead. But, we, I mean, we do know that Caleb's MO is, like, looking for daughters that have that hole. Yes. That's sort of what he's into. He likes filling his daughters. Mm. This scene made me realize something. That uh, the more that people don't get along, more likely the closer that they are to being the same person. And the two people who will just, like, never, ever be friends, regardless of what season three or four will teach us of the OC, is Ryan and Julie. And although it's for very, very different reasons, mm-hmm. they are two sides of the same coin. Speak more on that. They can't 
just fake it for a minute. Uh-huh. Both Ryan and Julie are devastated with this news and actually do react to most things in a similar way. Always for different reasons, right. but in basically the same way. Yeah, so they have that same human trait of like, I've never met real human people, right? Like, everybody has some amount of wherewithal to keep shit, to be a li- It's so weird because Ryan is the least manipulative person and she is the most but it, and yet it turns comes out, out yeah. the same response exactly, yeah. to any stimuli. Neither one of them, even though they're the exact opposite, have the ability to be like, oh my god. Oh. And then run to their best friend, figure out how they should deal with things, and then run back and deal with them. Right. That's what we do. That's the normal way. Right. No matter what happens. My wife proposed. I went, interesting, and ran into the kitchen and called you. And then I found out my dad was dying. I was like, interesting, doctor. I, ran to the- I don't know how to deal with things unless I talk to you first. Right. Because that's normal. And- just so everybody knows, we are not talking about calling on a phone. You called me because I was in the backyard. You were inside. You were like, Ryan. And then I came in. And then I threw a can on a string at your face. And yeah, talk and to I, me through this. I just got hit by two cans because I was holding the other side. And then for some reason, <laughs> I hit myself in the face with that one. But like, I want to make it abundantly clear that you and I are not calling each other on the phone. No, we're not monsters. Right. We're no Caleb. So Ryan's reaction, because he tries the most he's ever. He's like, oh. And she's like. What? And he's like, well, you said Julie was there being weird. You don't want Julie Cooper as an enemy. Speaking from somebody who has only ever had her as an enemy. And Lindsay just doesn't. She's like, I can handle Julie Cooper. So many people's last words are, I could handle Julie Cooper. But it's interesting because Ryan is being the Democrats that we have. And Lindsay is being the Democrats that we want. Julie is Trump here. Okay. So go with me. Ryan's saying, like, no, it's just better if we don't upset the beast ever because you don't want her as an enemy. And Lindsay's like, fuck that. I'm doing what I want, and what I want is right. Like, what I want, what I want is totally fine to want. Right. So who gives a shit? But still, Ryan's like, no, babe, I feel like that you have never watched a previously on the OC <laughs> before any episode of the OC. What's, what's annoying for both of them here is she should just be like, yeah, give me the skinny. Like, tell me everything about this chick so I could out Julie the Cooper. She should talk like a very normal teenager and be like, yeah, give me the skinny. Give me the skinny. Joss Whedon's right in this episode. Everybody talks like this now. Uh, Julie is pushing for a paternity test. She like she was like, you should do a new one because technology's been advanced. And Cal, again, he's taking a page out of Julian Ryan's uh, book. He, instead of like, he was like, oh, maybe that's a good point. He goes... I never had a paternity test. One that is insane. Two, you don't say that to Julie fucking Cooper. Right. Is do you her flabbergastness at that? Her her hatred of Lindsay is absurd, but her flabbergastness that he never even attempted. Are you team Julie on that? I am not team Julie. I am always team Kiki. But like we gotta break this down. And there is a conversation between Caleb and Sandy at some point, and I don't want to jump ahead. But Julie, Julie's whole like Achilles heel, her whole problem is that she is smart mm-hmm. and she does have good ideas. But the problem is that it's just buried in this thickness of selfish Disney right. villain. So even if you do agree with Julie, you can't say that you can't say because that. All, now all of a sudden she turns into a dragon and yeah. burns Mickey's phantasmic ass on fire. Oh, such a phantasmic ass. What have you been doing? Pilates, Mickey? Getting that phantasmic ass. All right. <laughs> Too far. Mickey's hot now. That's how hard up we are. That's how hard up we are. So, yeah, you can't agree with Julie even when she's right. Because, yeah, her 
methods and motives are so warped. And Julie does have find the time in this episode to be like, no, it's for the good of the everyone. Family? And everyone's like, come on, dude. Yeah. Are you serious? Because <laughs> she's just like looking around like, hey, what do I do here? She's going to lose half of her will. Right. And can't like... Like, it's barely not just barfing that fact over everyone. And it, she doesn't even know it's half because she's not a normal spouse. So they're not just having a talk about what does this mean? Because both in a normal world, they would all just talk about this kind of shit. Plus, if Lindsay treats Caleb like Caleb's other daughters treat Caleb, then Julie might get cut out. What does that mean? Blowjobs. How long do you want this Caleb fucks his daughter's bit to go on? I don't. Like it. Let's ever. let's go to episode 100, and then I will stop forever. Okay, episode 100 of the OC. OCD. Perfect. Only so many away. What Julie does have time to do is go over to Renee's house and manipulate her into getting the DNA test. Because mm. she's like, "Oh, I just came to, uh, I don't know, say hi. We both have red hair. That Let, is neat. Let's see." I have a let's look at my to do list. Um, I have to uh, passively aggressively comment on the size of your house. I have to make you think that my idea is your idea. But just before you do that, I'm gonna like state claim and make it like very clear that it was my idea. I have to wait for the perfect moment to knock on your door where Renee is wearing gloves uh-huh. because she's cleaning. Because of course she's a peasant, and peasants are just peasants always are wearing cleaning. yellow gloves. What a less uh, than ul- person cleaning their own house. But the ultimate thing, yes, Mike is. The fact that uh, Julie knocks on a door as a redheaded MILF. And not like Natch Red, right? And no. who opens the door is somebody else who Caleb has slept with who is a not Natch Red MILF. And what a world into Caleb we are getting. Yeah. Here. That, that is the first. I was like, I okay, we way more than the show has ever seen us. We know something about Caleb now. He's into a thing. And... I, I said that I only have 40 episodes or so left about talking about Caleb sleeping with his uh-huh. daughters. But, but do it, you know what Haley looks like? It does make sense of why he lets Haley walk all over him. But Haley also has unnatched red hair, which means she is she's dyeing so, her hair so to be like a cowgirl. <laughs> like a cow, oh, cowgirl, I see. Uh, yeah, you don't want to be like Kiki, a reverse cowgirl, and have <laughs> blonde hair. What Julie says, she basically does a mob thing. It'd be a shame. She's like, oh, yeah. maybe you should find a diplomatic way of talking her out of it. And Renee takes the bait fully and, like a normal adult, runs to her daughter's boyfriend she's had two conversations with and says, you have to talk Lindsay out of the adoption. Well, okay, it doesn't make sense that Renee would do that if she was a real person. But it makes sense to us as audience members because now we know that Renee and Ryan are the only two people who understand what it's like to have Julie as a villain. Yes. And so now, like... Uh, my friend of my enemy's friend is my friend. Mm-hmm. They they are the only two people that know that. Like, fucking is Julie in a soap opera? Like, what is going on right now? Uh, we do have to take a break, but when we come back, we're gonna talk about how that goes for Ryan. 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 Yes, I'm sorry. Well, the first one was you. Second one was him. Okay. Ryan. Ryan. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, meets Lindsay at the pier. Because a hard conversation has to happen, and that's where you do it. Uh, and doesn't say, hey, do you remember right down there where you got drunk and I thought you died? He just does not even mention that. He could have. He could have maybe swayed her a little. Why does he white knight? Why didn't he tell Renee? Bitch, you're her mom. You handle this shit. 
Also, why didn't you say, is Cal her dad? All of the OC and really all teen drama soap operas and really all soap operas in general, whether they be daytime or primetime, um, just totally function on the fact that we're only going to tell each other half-truths mm-hmm. or not the obvious thing that we can say. This particular episode that we're talking about really suffers from that, though. Yes. It's not that it does it more than other episodes of The O.C. It really makes it obvious how dumb it is. And how often The O.C. does this right. shit. Uh, but it does, like, this is how Ryan is a dumb teen. We, uh, so often we say why he's the best person on the show and he's smart. He's a dumb teen because he thinks he can handle this and that he should. Yes, and the thing, like... First of all, I am capable of everything. And two, I will be capable while protecting as many people as uh-huh. possible by not telling people what's going on. Yeah, because he didn't say, hey, Lindsay, your mom came to me with this, and here's what's going on. And he sees that uh, as very different than straight up lying, uh-huh. like a Julie Cooper villain would do. And it is different, it but is it's not different. as different as he thinks but it is. But lying by omission is very much lying. And he's, right. he's just not as good at manipulating. And that is what he's trying to do here. Because he's not showing all the cards, so he's trying to get her to do a thing he wants her to do. What Ryan's great at is starting the juggle, but here's the problem, Mike. It's about ending the juggle. And Ryan it. is not good Anybody at that. Anybody can fucking start the juggle, right. but oh, are you a closer? I have four things. Can I throw them in the air? Yes. Sure, anybody can do that's that. easy. But can I catch them all? Probably not. A not a one. Not even one of them can I catch. Uh, you what, can't juggle one thing. No. Have you seen me try to hold a job? Can't do it. Uh, what I do like about Lindsay, she handles this conversation in a Lindsay way because literally every other person says, because, uh, you know what? Fuck you then. Don't come to my party at all because you're doing this. What Lindsay says, tonight's one of the most important nights of my life. And I only want people who support me. And I'm like, oh, she's going to tell them not to come. She goes, so hopefully I see you there. And that is, at core, Lindsay is doing all of branches while being mad. Right. So she's like, just like for tonight, I'm sort of being bored of being on a soap opera. Um, and that is... I trust Lindsay enough. She's a smart girl to know that, like, that's a little bit of denial. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want the information that I'm sure that you have. Right. But the other thing that she asked Ryan is, uh, and this is, like, outside of, like, what you're allowed to do in a soap opera, is she looks right at Ryan and says, what don't I know? Uh Uh-huh. Those four words. Because Ryan knows immediately. Right. Oh, I know what you don't know, and I'm not telling you right now. Why not? She's saying, like, hey, man. Um, there's too many episodes in this season. Could you just tell me <laughs> just what don't I shit. know? And he cannot. He nope. will not. Meanwhile, across town, Sandy is, for whatever reason, just showing up to Cal's office, even though it's a Sunday afternoon. He's like, sure, I hate this guy. I'll roll in. Maybe he could kill me here. Uh, and Cal's like, you know what? On my own decision, not because of anybody's move of ways, I've decided to probably need to do a DNA test. And and I'm sorry, it's pronounced D and A? D and A. You want to find out what both the D and the A yeah. is of your daughter or son. That dick in the ass test. Oh, yeah. Caleb loves both those from his daughters. Uh, how does Sandy respond to this? Because it's interesting. So, yeah, this is, this is where we get to it where it's not the Julie Cooper, I think that I might have a good idea, but I'm such a villain that I can't deliver it correctly. Sandy says, um, as a lawyer, of course, dude. Yeah. Like, you have to do this. You, Caleb is worth... Millions? We don't know. It's, it's possible that he is worth more money than we can ever imagine. Or 
negative. He, very Trumpian? Because, yeah, because all the, uh, the FBI and everybody's coming for it. And paying out to this kid for years? But as a son-in-law, as a father, as a human, as a friend, do you love Lindsay? Do you want her to go through this? And if so, just like, if you love her, just give her the, like, she's her daughter then. Yes. And this is coming from somebody who has a blood son and a non-blood son. And loves the non-blood more. Yeah, like, it's not <laughs> even that he loves them equally. He likes that one more. Well, he, it's more like him. Um, And that, they're both good points. The problem is that Caleb has, Lindsay has not been around long enough for, like, Caleb to love her like a daughter. She's been around long enough for him to want like he wants to let it go <laughs> frozen that shit but uh she it, like really it's only right. like three times so i can see caleb saying like i like Lindsay, but like this is not me just finding out that right. the daughter that i raised from a newborn may or may not be my mm. daughter it's it's interesting but it is sandy saying do you want to crush this kid because you didn't have to declare this it doesn't do anything. You were already giving her money, but you did declare it already before thinking all this shit through. So now, for the kid's sake, maybe just do it, bro. Also, based on uh, the people who do get, like, based on, like, the heirs that I know and the people who do get money from their rich parents, they're all awful. Uh-huh. For somebody to come in and say, like, uh, hey, I'm just, like, a genuinely nice, awesome person who will probably do great things with whatever you give me uh, because I wasn't raised by you. That she should get all no, the money. No, we gotta vet yeah. that one. Just like, and you'll be dead, so you won't know yeah. what'll happen. Give her the money. Is it gonna be bad if Julie Cooper has less money? No, only more good will happen in the world. And I also think that it's important that uh, we do not see Seth or Marissa say anything. Uh huh. Seth or Marissa, like at no point in this episode do the writers give time for Seth or Marissa to be like, "Oh, that Lindsay, she's gonna get part of my inheritance." That is interesting. Well, I don't think that's in either of them. Right. Both of because them, they're better than Julie. They are better than Julie, but it, it's also a certain kind of privilege that I don't think they ever even thought about not getting money. Mm-hmm. They, they've just lived in oh. a different bubble world. But like, I don't think they would react poorly to it. I'm going to give you 500 grand when I die unless I meet someone new, I'm, and then I'm going to give you 250 grand. Do you then start making actions and plotting? I don't know. I guess the OC isn't succession, so probably not. Uh, first of all, it is succession, only better. And second of all, uh, do Seth and Marissa, like, they don't start plotting. They're like, oh, no. I'll take whatever you get. Like, I know that yeah. they can be selfish assholes, but when we compare them to the adults of the world, right. they're not. They're not. They, yeah, they have their own issues, but this money is not a thing they freak out about. So jump forward. We're at the party because you, Cal's going to cow. He cannot just adopt Lindsay beachside and have a little family party he invites everybody he knows in newport to his house but for a mystery announcement and this uh this sent me through so many things um one it made me realize that season two of the oc is not doing that classic oc thing of every third act of every episode will have a party no this is the first party we've been to in a long time uh second of all you are allowed to invitations should have as much information as possible sure you are, I guess, allowed to. And I do not. Like, I, I do frown upon this. But you're allowed to say the start time, and you're allowed to not say the end time. You're allowed to say question mark, question mark, question mark. Everybody loves it. It's hilarious. But if in where it said on the invitation, reason for party, you put question mark, question mark, question mark. Is that okay? 
and it is because people show the fuck up. Well, one, I don't need a reason to party. I have an illness that makes me have to party all the time. So right. I love it's the Eddie Murphy disease. So I love uh, any excuse. But if I got an invitation that said reason for party question mark question mark, I assume it'd be a murder mystery clue scenario. Like somebody's dying and we don't know who's who. Somebody's I- dying is the best reason. <laughs> and then find out, oh, it's just a play. It's just a play, I guess. Uh, but there's the other hand, though. Do you think that if we were to compare, Julie at some point goes up on the balcony and says something that we'll get to at some point uh, and looks down at the crowd. If we compared that crowd to other previous Caleb parties, uh, isn't this the smallest one? Oh, ever? it's tiny. I mean, Caleb's lost some cashish. People have figured out he's openly evil sometimes. And this is clearly a comment on Trump's inaugural. Yes. The numbers are huge. Uh but it's Lindsay's there, and she's like, "This is weird. Isn't it weird that nobody knows why they're here? Do Do you want these strangers? Shouldn't you be like, isn't it weird that there's a giant party for this thing? I, I do love, I, and this is not what they're doing, but I do love the whole like, look, man, party first, figure it out later, and then like halfway through a party, just like, what are we doing what here? Let's decide it? right now. Where's that sassy Spitball cater? Uh, is this a holiday? No, good, fine. We didn't want a holiday. What the hell? What is, is this it? is about? Uh, what I love is so Caleb at this point still isn't sure what he's going to do, but he's leaning towards DNA test and he walks up and I guess it's the first time he and Lindsay have seen each other at the party and she's all nervous and she's about to have an openly dad, dad. And she's like, it's so great. Your house is amazing. He just was like, yeah, oh, thanks. And like, hustle his dismissive. Yeah. Thanks is the best joke the OC has ever told. Okay. So this is a big one. And it was hard for me to know if the writers needed the scene to move on. Or mm-hmm. if this was implanted about just exactly what an asshole Caleb is. Because asshole on TV means like, uh, oh my God, I think I'm evil. And I hate you and I'm going to kill Waggling you. Waggling eyebrows. But this is so much more asshole than that. <laughs> Lindsay is like, this is the best moment of my life. And he says, and also Lindsay is saying, by the way, uh, nothing that would uh, need a thanks. No. And he says, yeah, thanks. And then, say, and then moves on to the next What a real dismissive dad. <laughs> or as we call them. Dads. Uh, and so, party, party, party. Lindsay's starting to figure out what's going on. Something's going on. Cal asks her to come talk to him in his office. And she is manic. It looks like somebody slipped her molly. She is freaking out, uh, going up and down. And then he says, what if we should postpone this? He doesn't say the DNA test thing yet. And it is heartbreaking. Because she says, what did I do wrong? Like, this young girl did something to make her dad not want to be a dad anymore. It Oh, it was crushing. And the worst part is that all kids ask their parents at some point, what did they do wrong? And their parents say, oh, it's not you. It's, it's me. It's the, we're terrible at being adults. But she asked the one dad who will be like, hmm, let me think about that. I think that I can uh, take advantage of the fact that you asked me this question. What did you do wrong? Hmm, freckles? Probably <laughs> had freckles. I don't like that in my daughters. At least not on their face. What? Is more heartbreaking. Lindsay's to Cal, what did I do wrong? Or Will Smith to Uncle Phil, why, no, 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 why no, don't no, no, you no. want me, man? Shut up. <laughs> don't, like, have, I, a, <laughs> have a good comparison. Don't be like, who's better at baseball? Babe Ruth or that uh, one time LeBron James played basketball? It's clearly, if we're talking baseball, it's Babe Ruth. Is there anything as soul-crushing as Why Don't You Want Me, Man? Is, did that win all of TV sad? The only thing that I can think of that is more soul-crushing than Will Smith saying, How come he don't want me, man? 
is the time that my brother filmed me reacting to my dad leaving as I was watching that episode of Fresh Prince. That was heartbreaking. And your brother's face is just like, what? This is hilarious. And he's like, wait, that's my dad too, but still, this footage. No, what I love is he's making fun of you as your why don't you want me manning, why Will Smith, why don't you want mans, and then seconds later he goes, wait, does he not want me man? And it should be sad, but it's very funny. And it didn't seem like that. It broke me and my brother, but the fact that we ended every sentence in man for the next seven years, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. broken. Yeah, you guys, something implanted there. And I sure. slammed down my statue of uh, Will Smith talking to his dad and <laughs> holding a statue on the table as my dad left and said, hey, just so everybody knows, I'm not buying a pack of cigarettes, and then just left forever. <laughs> That's so much crueler. There's not even a lie to cling to. Also, we already knew you were leaving. You could have said nothing, <laughs> you Dad. Said nothing. Uh, so Julie takes all of this emotion and goes, "I can fix this." Well, let let's be honest. Julie takes all this emotion, and before she says, "I can fix this," a giant flower pops up above her ear. So I don't want to get to Orange Couture or any other awards, but what do you think about this thing that, like, back in the day? You just put a giant flower on your head and like walk around at a party. I love it. I think it's awesome. You do. I do it as much as I can. Because like what now? Everything's a luau now. Like, everything's a luau. This is fun now. It is fun now. There's <laughs> flowers in our hair. You don't like just a little adornment. I, I mean, like I, I like I guess it's all ties and necklaces and everything. It's all accoutrement. It's all bullshit. But, uh, I don't like. I'm gonna find the biggest, stupidest flower I can find and staple it to my head for an entire party. Yes. You don't think that's weird? No, I love it. I'm going to do it more now that I know it bothers you. I would I would uh, appreciate it more if the flower had some sort of uh, Rorschach, Rorschach mask thing uh-huh. where the flower would like react to the things that people are saying to you. <laughs> so like it would get sad or happy. Feed me. I think that I just want the tiki room stapled yeah. to your head. Why is it the tiki room just stapled to every party's head? Uh, so with Julie, she goes on like a balcony to Juliet to these people. Mm-hmm. And she's like... And they're screaming like... Come down here. Why are we partying? Why are we partying? Don't stand above us. And she's like, you're all here to celebrate the magazine. So many of us, and by so many of us, I mean only me. There's a staff of one. The magazine of Julie. And everyone's like, cool. Did she start the clapping? Yes. I think you can always tell how important a thing somebody says by who claps first. Audiences want to clap, Mm -hmm. but they need to know when. And if you're the one that starts clapping first. Oh, I know you get choked up about this. I just start crying. If you're the one that starts clapping first after your own announcement, bad announcement. You lost. I would keep talking until I figured out an announcement. And I cured AIDS too far. You and I went down to a balcony just the other day at a Mm -hmm. party that did not have a reason. And you and I revealed the fact that we would now have a magazine, a print magazine Mm -hmm. that you cannot get online. And each issue was going to be reviewing one issue of Julie Cooper's Riviera. But we did not start clapping. No. The audience started clapping We first. glared at them with folded arms until they started clapping. And sure. Said, Nobody leaves. One, two hours clapping. went by, but they did start clapping. Uh, and that's the saga of all this crazy bullshit. When we come back, let's dig into Marissa and Alex. Who? Ryan! Ryan! Ooh, that was fucking fun. Cheers, my friend. Thanks, bud. That was... Wait, you want to cheers these cans of delicious Truly sparkling seltzer? I do. Oh, you're drinking a Truly, too? I am, yeah. I have pomegranate, which is a gross fruit, but somehow Truly 
makes everything delicious. I have passion fruit, which I think is poisonous, uh-huh. except in truly form. I, to truly. To truly. You are truly my best friend. And you know what, Mike? Even though that you just said that a can of hard seltzer is your best friend and not me, I would say that uh, you are the least White Claw person I've ever met. Thank you. No, you truly are a truly gentleman. Fuck White Claw, brought to you by the OCD. We are a truly family. Hey, you ever, um, you ever like uh, uh, gotten something out of your teeth that's been in there for like a week because you used floss and you got it out, but instead of like spitting it out, you ate it? That's mm-hmm. what White Claw tastes like. White Claw tastes like, uh, you know, when people clean out their gutters on the East Coast and it just looks like piles of rotted leaves. If uh, the water that's under those rotted leaves, there's your White Claw. White Claw is like, uh, do you remember when you were growing up and uh, your family couldn't afford deodorant? Mm-hmm. And so you just had to lick your family members' armpits? Mm-hmm. That You invented White Claw. That's that, White Claw that's right where, there. And yeah. we spit it, that's White Claw. White Claw's uh, in Huntington Beach, between the, the border of Huntington Newport Beach, the have and have not border. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Santa Ana River's there, and right at the mouth of the Santa Ana River is a sewage refinery plant, and it just makes everybody, everybody smell like shit, and the water makes the surfers sick. That water, White Claw. And White Claw was, I think that their tagline is that we let Caleb Nickel Rail use his a bidet, and then his post-bidet water we put into cans for you to drink. Yeah. And by the way, we wish that we were truly, and we're not truly. Truly hard seltzer. And truly's just like, what? <laughs> Thank <laughs> truly you. Truly hard seltzer. So Alex and Marissa yeah. are having just their full-on own side adventure. Every once in a while, Marissa's like, hey, we all still friends. <laughs> Is there a party at my house tonight? Uh, but Alex uh, is having some friends come over to town. I don't know where they're coming from, but probably L.A. They're coming down this weekend, and she wants to have a party and in- introduce Marissa. This is a big step because anytime you introduce a significant other to your friends, it is a big step. That's mm. all it is to Alex's mind. To Marissa, she's like, Every- anybody who's not my girlfriend doesn't need to know I'm gay and panics. And Marissa's face is like, this is the first time it has dawned on her. Oh, my God. Other people might know mm-hmm. that I am... Dating Olivia Wilde. Oh, no. <laughs> what will the world think? So, and uh, does Alex use this as a test? Does Alex say, like, well, what did Summer say? Oh, for... I think it's... To wait for Marissa to be like, um... I think it's half test, half real, if that makes sense. It is... She does... Like a vaccine. It's like a vaccine. You put the dead ghosts of White Claw in you, and out comes something truly. better. <laughs> out comes truly. That doesn't track. That doesn't track with where we're Just standing. kidding. Truly, we love you. Uh, but I do think she, one, fully assumes Marissa's best friend knows what's going on, because it's been a couple weeks, and also is like, and if this bitch didn't run, <laughs> because this is not one of her normal awards, but I do think the passive-aggressive, one, it should be an award we do every week. But the passive-aggressive award of the week has to go to Alex because her sentence is very sincere. Her tone of, I was thinking since she was your best friend, she says dot, dot, dot. She didn't have a second part of that sentence. She's just like, fill this in, man. Well, she starts by saying, I was thinking if she's your best friend, dot. And Marissa's like, oh, period. She announced her period. Hopefully that's the end, dot, dot. Oh, my God, an ellipses. What do we do here? (laughs) Like her aunt, dot? Right. Dot, dot. You have three aunt dots? Yeah. Or you have one aunt named dot, dot, dot? I have three. Oh, well, th- on my dad's side, uh-huh. I have three aunts named dot. 
And on my mom's side, there's dot, dot, dot. And they, dot, dot, and dot, hate dot, dot, dot. They do not get along. When I see ain't dot, 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 I dash because I don't know Morse code. That makes sense. Who knows what it means? It's scary. I'm out. Are the Japanese on their way in a U-boat? <laughs> I don't want to stick around and find out. Tune in next week. <laughs> uh, so the next time Marissa's with Summer, she starts to tell her. Because uh, they're talking about Valentine's Day. The, the whole Zach and Summer saga. Who's bone and who? Who's not? And why not? And Summer's like, hey what were you doing on Valentine's Day? And Marissa kind of smiles. She's like, oh, you weren't alone. And she's like, no, I was with my mom. With my mom. And then does, so right there, not believable. Like, come on. But then does the ultimate in lying. We always talk about how lying means that, like, you can't make eye contact. That's number Mm -hmm. two. Number one is grab a throw pillow and put it on your chest. That's how people lie. That you know you are hiding from something. There is no other reason for throw pillows. Why are we... They're just lie... What's the opposite of a lie detector? Lie announcer? Lie announcer, yes. Like, you just have a new soap. Uh, that Throw pillars are around so that you can put them on top of you to either hide your gut, mm-hmm. your boner, or your, or your lie. lies. And they're all lies, aren't they, folks? <laughs> I would love to think that my gut is the a lie. The human body, just one big physical lie. I want to think that my gut is a lie and my boner is a gut. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but I approve of that message. Truly. Uh, so she doesn't tell her. She bails, and then she rolls up to Alex's party and then gets really freaked out. I, I, I really, this is the most baffled I think I've been by an OC scene. An OC scene. Uh, she looks at Alex's party, sees everybody, and they all go, hey, new girl. And she's like, I gotta go. Is it still I cannot face this? Well, did you notice anything about the party? All girls? All girls. So, uh, the opposite of every party we threw in high school mm-hmm. is what Alex is doing, where it's like it's very clearly not just eight girls, but four couples. Oh, I did not pick up on that. And so, what Marissa wants is to hang out with Alex, to do Alex, and to not be called a lesbian. And if she walks into that room where Alex is the ninth, mm-hmm. which means Marissa would become the tenth, which means it's just five couples of lesbians. Oh, they're going to play such cool board games. I want this party. I want to be there. Definitely going to be playing board games. Uh, then now she is full-on lesbian. Yeah. She likes the term phase. You know, she's already in right. her mind is like, isn't this a cool phase as opposed to a lifestyle that she, I am a part of. Right. And and once again, I just want her to have an honest conversation with somebody, with Alex, and be like, here's where I'm at. Like, I do think, especially, you know, for coming out is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I guess it's probably still a big deal. But hopefully it's just more and more normalized. So if you're like, Mom, Dad, I'm gay, they're like, who gives a shit? They high-five and they kickboard their way out of there. But this, I think this goes back to a part that we see about Marissa less and less is that she is a, uh, she's a drunk and a druggie and a slut and all these like terrible things that we can put on her. She's anorexic and bulimic, two things you can't be at the same time unless you're Marissa Cooper. But she is still worried, not necessarily about her parents, but about that whole, I'm the social chair. Right. You know, like, I do sort of hold that in high regard in these very few right. times where it comes up. Where Dr. Kim's like, bitch, you ain't been the social chair in years. Uh-huh. <laughs> no social events are happening at Harbor, which is why we never hang out there anymore. And the fact that Dr. Kim would host and throw a Marissa Cooper roast, is yeah. that's crazy. Y'all know about Marissa Cooper. What? 
I love this new version of Dr. Kim. And Oliver came back, and that was awesome. Oliver did, like, a hardcore oh, 10. He was the dark horse. It's like you thought The Undertaker was dead, and he shows back up in the WWE. Because roast, you have to have that one person who is not on the dais, but, like, and surprise, yeah, bitches. Comes out of the Oliver's floor with here. flames. Why, <laughs> pal? <laughs> they didn't get a great music guy. And that's not a good bit, Oliver. You can't just come out and say Wipeout and then, <laughs> and then leave. go away. He's like, oh, I mean, nobody thought he would be a good writer. Uh, but when Marissa leaves, Marissa makes up these excuses that are clearly bullshit. I would like to go hang out with my family. With Cal and Julie. And so Alex says that uh, that's bullshit. And we, we feel like that we've been on this precipice of Alex going crazy for a while. Mm-hmm. And we get a little bit closer in this episode. But the thing is, is that... Does this Alex getting closer, does this Alex edging sort of feel like Marissa's fault? Mm-hmm. Well, what I love Alex and Lindsay have very similar things here where they cut through soap opera bullshit because Alex says two things. She says, like, one, I wanted you to meet my friends, and that didn't count. Love that. Be upfront with somebody. And then she goes, I understand if you freaked out. I get it. This is huge. But hanging out with your parents, that's not you. Like- <laughs> Be better at excuses, yeah, I guess. Come on. Say anything else. Say there's a shark movie on IMAX you have to go to, but not that you're hanging out with your parents. Say there's a shark. Just say that, like, oh, I saw a shark in your shark. apartment, and I have to go. Wipe out, and then run away with Oliver. That's Oliver's bit. <laughs> Don't steal it. Uh, Marissa shows up later, and everybody's gone because they wanted to go party. Mm-hmm. And that makes me think they're also older than Alex. And can go to bars, and eventually they're like, yeah, we don't want to drink wine coolers here anymore. We're going to go sharkies it up. Yeah, we don't want yoo with a hint of vermouth. And just a dash of cucumber. Uh, and then Alex is like, oh, this is sweet. But Alex should have taken her task. Because it's not like, and I'm ready to admit things. But does she? Take her to task? Yeah. No. The lesson that I learned from this episode was, instead of Alex saying, like, bitch, what up? You're stupid. I hate you. She says, hey, just so you know, because Alex sees something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so instead of like screaming at her, she says, hey, just so you know, I love you and I trust you. And so when you see that somebody in a relationship that you're in is hiding something mm-hmm. and doing bad things, don't go for the jugular. Instead, say, hey, just so you know, I'm perfect. I am. A, I love you and I trust you. And then sit back and watch them raise rot one eyebrow and like lean they're a back. fucking Leonardo costume. Not so far back that you lean back and fall in the back of your chair. That's gonna ruin it for sure. But swirl your vermouth cucumber drink. Yeah, and what's great about it is that you're going to feel good because you didn't scream at them. You're gonna be like, "Oh, I did the right thing," even though you were a totally yeah, manipulative you're being asshole. Right here, I'm, I'm approving it, but it's kind of <laughs> shitty. Uh, we have to take a break, but when we come back, it's awards season. Ryan? Yeah. We do awards every week. Have we ever named these awards? Well, I would say that they are the truly greatest awards brought to us by Truly Hard Seltzer. Is that the name? That's always been their name since day one. Since day one. But we just realized we have never said it aloud. We thought it was a given. Oh, right. But it is the truly greatest awards show brought to you by Truly Hard seltzer. You know what happened is that it's what it says on the marquee outside the studio. But what if, if you're listening to this in Des Moines, you don't right. know what that marquee is. We can't at. expect every we want more than the five thousand who come week in, week out. Right. To know what's going on. If you come here live, it's just a marquee. But if you're not here live, it's torturous, then it's the marquee de sad. And it's we fucked up 
for the last two years or whatever, truly reached out very kindly, like, hey, and they're saying, if you go to our Twitter or our Instagram at your pop filter and post a picture of yourself drinking a truly or holding up a 12 pack of truly, we'll retweet it. We'll say your name on this. Just like get those truly's going. We're here to take down White Claw. If you do that, we'll send you a prize. We'll probably send you a box Yeah, we'll of send you a fucking straight up prize. Just we'll a, send you one truly. <laughs> one truly and maybe a pop filter swag. And by the way, we are uh, anarchists. We do not believe in the postal service. So we will say, uh, I hope this gets to your house and we will just throw it from the studio and hopefully it does not in there. stamps. But no, we did try to get it to your house. Maybe I'll show up at your house super sweaty and be like, this is for you. And you're not going to know what that is. And we're going to say like, this is for you, Lee. And you're going to know that rhymes with truly. Because mm. everything does. Truly hard sells her. Ryan, what is your truly magical music moment of the week? Now, Mike, I'm going to tell you my musical moment, but uh, if we agree on this, are we going to drink some Truly? Or if we don't agree, are we going to drink some Truly? I think it's if we disagree, we have to drink some Truly. All right. My musical moment from this episode, and I hope that you disagree because I would love another sip of Truly, is uh, when the song called Miss Red is played, and it's by a band called Kings of Convenience, and I really like this one because... It uh, is the greatest band of all time that has the first two words kings of <laughs> in its uh, name of the band. When does it play? Yeah. Okay. Episode 213. Okay. Uh, we're going to disagree. Cheers. Because I thought there's no memorable song on this show. On this my, episode. My God. I cannot believe how mm. refreshed and energized I am. I'm hydrated. That. I'm ready to go. Let's do a thousand push-ups. What is your Sandy Wisdom of the Week? My Sandy wisdom is um, the whole duality of Sandy Cohen right now. It cannot be about Rebecca because no, that's only just nothing bullshit. nothing wise there. Uh, coming Dicks out of ain't wise. But I like the Sandy wisdom of, hey, Caleb, a guy I don't really care about. And honestly, my life would be better if you were dead, not just financially, but emotionally. Um, I'm going to tell you all of your routes with the Lindsay DNA test. Yeah. As a lawyer, do it. As a father, don't do it. That is my Sandy Wisdom. You know what? Let's cheers and drink some Truly because we're friends and agreed. The big thing, though, if I have to pick one quote is, if you love her, if you think of her as a daughter, if you do, nothing else matters. Mm. No one's ever thought of me as a daughter. In the end, nothing else matters. O.C. Couture. Okay, so I wanted so bad to... um, just give it to something that I don't think we've given it to before, which is, what are you wearing a shirt? Put another shirt on top of that. Shirt on a shirt? Shirt on a shirt is all over this episode. Uh, Seth and Zach are on their you know, typical high school couch in the coffee room that we yes, all had at do. high school. And they're both wearing shirt on shirt on shirt. But I think I actually have to give it to Ryan's decision of black shirt, black tie, black coat. Cadillac? She's a time bomb. The girl's a time bomb, <laughs> yes. What? It- Whoa! And he is running after cars in the middle of the night wearing black shirt, black tie, black coat. <laughs> Why doesn't he get hit by a car right there? <laughs> what you say, Ryan? You deserve that accident. Uh, my Julie's leopard shirt. And I've probably given it to leopard before, but it feels so. And I don't think Julie does count. Le- leopard print tends to be people who are past their prime trying to grab onto the vivality of life. I don't think Julie needs to worry about that at all. She had something going on special in this episode. Yes, this was a. This was a uh, come-to-Jesus moment for you. I if, wouldn't shut up about it. Yeah. You love Julie. I think uh, if, we're, if we're allowed to get gross, we'll drink some Truly because we disagreed. Uh, less makeup. 
Less makeup. Julie normally looks like Joaquin Phoenix's The Joker. And do you think it's a Melinda Clark thing? Or do you have a Julie Cooper thing? I think, unfortunately. I know, having grown up in Orange County, I think I dated some baby Julies in my day. There was another scene, too, in this. Uh, Julie's best scene of this episode that I don't think we got to is when she really confronted Caleb. Caleb was at his desk, and the blinds were down. Mm -hmm. And so... Typically, what character is behind their desk when a dame walks in? A detective. And she walks in, and she With is... gams up to here? And her gams were all the way up, and uh, the blinds mean that she's got, like, uh, light, dark, light, dark, uh-huh. all the way down her, and that was not accidental. Did they just see some noir? That's a, that's a full-on dame walking into Caleb's office. Oh, now we gotta hear him fucking narrate? Gross. The comics connection feels easy. I think we're going to have a celebratory drink here. Does it? What is yours? What is yours? You think it's so easy. 18 times they watch Hellboy in this episode. 18 times they do. (laughs) Was Hellboy based on a comic book? It was by Mike Magnolia. I did not know that. My God, I did not say that at all. Mine is uh, Joan, the character Joan. Who that? Remember? Uh, That's played by Danielle Basuti, who's in an upcoming movie called Greenlight, which is what we say on our comic book-based TV show, podcast, superhero, hour, hour. Greenlight! Greenlight. Uh, that's what I now say anytime I see a green light, uh-huh. uh, whether I'm alone or not, and it's hilarious to me, but to my wife, it's rude, because she just thinks I'm yelling at her that the light turned green and she's not driving. And I hate to one-up you. You know that's my you gotta favorite thing. You got to choose a drink? Sorry. Punishments? I, I hate to one-up you, but... Truly. Uh... Mm. <sighs> Um, anytime I see a non-green light, I'll say, not green light, just because, let's keep it going. Is let's, that one-upping me? Yeah. Drink it truly. I say it more than you do. Atwood's got to Atwood. We did cover this uh, in this episode, but uh, you don't want Julie Cooper as an enemy mm. is the most Atwood. I am from Chino. I'm from Newport. I'm from real life. Newport. I'm from uh, a soap opera that Atwood... That that's all I want from Atwood. Is like no, sorry. I understand what it's like to live on the uh-huh. show, the OC. My Atwood's got Atwood is a negative. Uh, it's him going along with Renee. Just hit, be like, yeah, I guess I'll convince your daughter not tell her what's up at all. I got a white knight and protect everybody. It is negative, but the positive from that is that Ryan and Renee came up with their own high five at the end of that, and I love that. Cheers to truly. Cheers to truly, which is what they said. Mike, why don't you pour another truly, Kirsten? She filled that wine glass to the brim with what appeared to be orange flavored truly. I have a question. And just for stared you. at the sink while drinking it, doing nothing else. Sandy walks in, and Kirsten is at a counter with a glass of wine, doing nothing else. First of all, how often does this happen to Sandy? A lot. Like, but sometimes it's a happy doing nothing else but drink. Average amount of nights a week. Twice. Where he walks in, and so two a week. That's. That's okay. I know that doesn't seem like a lot because we like to exaggerate. Twice a week, you walk in and see your significant other staring at nothing and just nursing a full glass of something. It's weird. If you were in Kiki's position and you knew how cinematic and dramatic it would be for you to be at the counter, lights off, staring out a window, drinking a glass of wine or what is your thing? Zima? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Your thing it's is truly. truly. Um, do you 
How long do you do it before you like you just give up and say fuck this? I'm turning on TV. I would definitely start, go sit down, go back and start, go sit down, and then the minute I hear that car door shut, turn the TV off and sprint back to the kitchen. That's how we do it, right? <sighs> I've just been standing here breathing hard and drinking for hours. Do you feel bad about yourself that like uh, you are just on your phone crushing candy for hours, and then you hear the key hit the door, and then you throw your phone as far as you can so it looks very dramatic? No, when you I were love just that. in the room by yourself with your glass of Truly, it's everybody's fault for not doing that, for not cracking an ice cold Truly, pouring out a nice full glass of ice. Truly brand ice. Truly brand ice. Oh yeah, I like to crack a different flavor Truly, put it into my ice uh, trays. Mm. You have that for later. Putting that your kids' orange juice when they're whiny. (laughs) They just get a little mellow. They go from whiny to whiny, like without the H. Mm -hmm. Because like wine, Mm -hmm. get it? Um, I put Truly brand Truly on my Truly brand ice in my glass that just says Truly. Like there is no Truly brand glass, so I had to write Truly on all my glasses. But until they give us those glasses. And that's, if you support us, support Truly. Right. What we will do is make truly brand glasses that you could buy at yourpopfilter.com. Honestly, like we need your support. But if you want to not support us, go buy a 12-pack of Truly and then give yes. us like 20 bucks, and then you are doing it. If you want to support us financially, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon, buy something there that helps us up, or go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. That helps us out. If you want to support us emotionally, just buy a Truly and let us know you're drinking Truly. Right? Just take a picture of yourself. You Nobody's ever like drink it truly and not take it a picture of yourself. It's the most fun thing. Throw it All on the I internet. All I see on Instagram these days, my new baby, my new truly. Sometimes both at the same time. I want two types of pictures. Selfies of drinking truly or like some sort of joke where it, look, uh, it looks like that you're pooping on the toilet. But then when we look in the toilet, it's just cans of white cloth. Goddamn white cloth. <laughs> fucking gross Fuck as a white cloth. Uh, those are the awards. We want to say thank you to truly. Thank you to yours truly. Thank you to the Holophonics for our sweet tune skis. Uh, we already said how you can support us. Go to at your pop filter and all the social media. That's where we live. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh my god. Okay. Ryan. Deep breaths. No, hold on, dude. <laughs> I don't know how to handle this. I'm uh, gonna tell you a little story. Can you uh Mike, I don't know what you're doing. It's probably more truly ads, uh, but like, can you just give me like three second warning before you tell me about what we're doing next episode? I'm gonna tell you about next week in three. Okay. Okay. Two. Okay. This is it. This is it. This is it. During a rare rainy day in oh Newport, Lindsay decides to take that DNA test and makes a difficult choice regarding her life with Caleb, and Ryan helps her through it. Elsewhere, Sandy still wants to help Rebecca because he's an idiot with her case, and tries to convince her not to run yet again. But he ends up running with her and ends up stranded for the night in a rundown motel. Because we know how those Newport storms can get unsafe to go outside if it's drizzling. Kirsten is upset, obviously so, and confides in Julie about her problems and wishes her marriage would go back to normal. And for Rebecca's case to be over with. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Seth thinks he's lost Summer forever until Summer is unable to hide from her feelings once and for all. When she considers leaving Newport with Zach for a trip to Europe. Mean, mean, meanwhile... Marissa moves out of the Cooper Nickel Mansion in with Alex after she tells her mom about Alex being her girlfriend. My goodness. This, an entire season's worth of the OC hits next week. The one thing that you forgot to mention is that mean, 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 meanwhile, like five years before this, Seth, but a Spider-Man mask. Interesting. All that and more on next week's the OCD. Until then, stay gay, 
dads, and you better get me those motherfucking Green Lantern JPEGs. Which character is this? Latro. The oh, villain Latro. That's the villain Latro. Brought to you by Truly. California. California.